Welcome to the Expat Empire Podcast, the podcast where you can hear from expats around the world and learn how you can join them. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Expat Empire Podcast. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that we're offering a free consulting call to anyone interested in moving abroad. Whether you're thinking about retiring somewhere warm, starting an international career, or becoming a digital nomad, we're ready to help you think through the next steps in your journey. Send us a message at expatempire.com to schedule your call today. With that said, let's start the conversation. Hi, Ulane. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Expat Empire podcast. Well, really glad to be here. Hope it's going to be an interesting conversation. I think so, definitely. I've been excited to speak with you. Of course, we we met a couple months ago at a web summit summit in Lisbon, which was a great time and got to go to one of your events through the Estonian e-residency program. Really enjoyed that, met some great people. And it's been, uh, you know, a program that I've been interested in personally and I've I've seen in use in some of my previous employers as well. And I'm excited to share that with uh, with our audience today, of course, with your experience and what you've been able to do with the program and sharing it for other entrepreneurs out there that are thinking about where to start their business. Well, I hope I can share my experiences, both from personal experience and from the those of the e-residents that we have. Yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead and dive into it. It'd be great just to hear a bit about your background, of course, where you're from. And I know that you've spent some time in different countries around the world and in your region is also also in Asia. Um, but of course, really would like to dive into your entrepreneurial background as well. So would just love to hear some of the highlights. Yeah, you know, you know how Facebook shows you these like memories pops up like uh, memories from years ago. And I just uh, realized that about 11 years ago, I quit my day job. I was working in HR in a, in a quite large real estate agency. But then I uh, quit my job and I started a couple of tourism businesses with my friend. And, and I had posted on Facebook that my office hours have changed from nine to five to 11 to seven. So don't mm-hmm. call me outside of these hours. <laughs> Those are, those are much more comfortable hours for me too. Yeah, I am so not a morning person. And so, so that, that was one of the really nice things that happened to me 11 years ago that I was able to really um, plan my life around my, my own personal goals um, in business because nobody really tells you like what you have to do. It's, it's really up to you, right? So we built, um, we built uh, essentially uh, two businesses. One was a tour company that was taking people uh, who came here um, to the Baltics uh, I live in Tallinn, in the capital of Estonia, who came here to the Baltics. We took them around with uh, guided tours in small groups, minibuses, um, and then expanded to Central Europe at some point as well, to Prague and Budapest. So mm-hmm. at, the, at the height before COVID started, we had 50 guides in five countries. Wow. And that were working full time from, from April to, to October for us. Um, and then the other, other business that I built was a, was a travel platform. So I got into this like, kind of like startup scene. Um, we built a, a page where you could basically get in touch with locals in various cities. Uh, it was quite active in uh, Europe. Um, and we managed to raise half a million euros at some point. And, and so we, we built it for, for seven years altogether. Um, so that's, that's what I've been, that's what I did before I, um, uh, realized that tourism is a very hard sector to be in, mm-hmm. uh, during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like it was going quite well before then. So, I mean, you know, COVID surprised everybody, of course, but I can imagine it was a tough, uh, tough couple of months. And of course, maybe realization or sort of, uh, 
be adjustments as far as, as your life and your businesses. So did you ultimately decide to wind those down? And, and, you know, how did you sort of transition from that entrepreneurial experience into working with the Estonian government? Yeah, so as you as you imagine, you know, uh, being mainly geared towards overseas traveler, um, 99.99% towards the overseas traveler, then then the situation in Europe has not quite restored um, since 2020 March. So, so we b- both businesses still exist. Um, but they're functioning on sort of like minus 95% revenue level. So we, yeah, we, we were, we were quite big. Um, but it's, it, I think it's going to take some time until this industry really recovers because, you know, if you're in the hospitality business, um, your customer segment may change, you know, the local, local traveler may stay, uh, in your hotel. But if you are redoing, you know, guided tours, it's a, it's a whole different, uh, world. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm sure some locals would still enjoy that, but it's definitely, of course, much more geared to the people who are, who are coming from out of town, right? Exactly. And so, so we had to, we had to, um, refund and cancel like, you know, for months and months in a row. And, and, uh, it was kind of a forced vacation for me, you know, because I've, I've always, uh, been able to, constantly be doing something and really excited about it because it's been my passion and and so i when i noticed that e-residency was looking for people uh, to join their team then i was thinking hmm like i can actually be with entrepreneurs people who are trying to run interesting businesses and usually like interesting small businesses right like it's not like huge corporations so i was like oh this is like perfect so so i've been with the team now for over a year that's great. And in terms of your own entrepreneurial experience, did you find the e-residency program or, I mean, at least Estonia as a business environment to be really beneficial for you as a business owner? Um, you know, was there anything that stuck out from that experience? I guess perhaps for you, it was just normal. You know, uh, you're from there. That's the place that you were living. So you'd set up there. But uh, did you did you consider other options or think through maybe some of the benefits or, or potential challenges that come with incorporating there? Well, I, ha- I didn't have to, right? So, so I always like to tell this sort of like an anecdotal exper- uh, experience. For example, that when I was 23, um, straight out of university, instead of starting to apply for jobs, I uh, registered a limited liability company just in case because uh, I was thinking, okay, like maybe maybe some interesting projects will come around where I would be hired as a contractor. And so, in Estonia, it's so straightforward and so simple that everybody who does something uh, on the side, let's say you are copywriting for somebody, you're doing some design work or, or you're a web developer, you know, like everybody has a company um, because it's just so easy and inexpensive to own one. Uh, not a lot of bureaucracy and uh, accounting services are reasonable. So, so that was for me like one way to look at my situation straight out of university. I'm just going to be open to many different options and and so i registered my first business when i was 23 and uh this business still exists um because i uh, every once in a while teach at a couple of business universities as well so so i build through that and all of us here we use this id card that has a has a chip um it's a smart card um we don't actually use that physical card uh because there's now obviously like more advanced uh, methods of logging in but e-residency card is nothing but that same card just without the travel document um, feature so everybody who is not from estonia not used to having a limited liability companies from from the age of 23 um, basically it gives them the exact same simplicity that they can uh, log on to our public services online um, register company online i had to uh, do it a couple of months ago for myself because i'm um, 
doing a little bit of real estate investing with a friend. And so I actually went through the company registration process again online. It took me about 15 minutes. Um, and then in three and a half hours, the company was registered um, and re- ready to really start invoicing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite an amazing thing, um, you know, just the openness to business there. And even seeing for me, it was shocking to visit the country and, and visit Thailand. I thought it was a great place, uh, really enjoyed it. In fact, applied to a few jobs there, uh, thinking about the potential of moving there at some, some time now, a couple of years ago. But in that process, I was waiting at the airport coming back to Berlin, where I was living at the time. And I was just uh, floored to see information about the e-residency program, about investments, about different things in flyers at the airport. So, I, I mean, really, the country is, um, you know, sort of the next level, <laughs> really thinking ahead for the future and about being people creating businesses kind of based anywhere around the world and being more nomadic or or this or that, you know, having access to the to the market in the EU as well. So really, it's, it's impressive stuff. But I'd love to hear from your perspective, um, you know, what basically the e-residency program is, what the main things to consider are for people that might be looking into it, what, you know, what it actually means. I think sometimes people think it, it's more of a visa as opposed to this or that. So be good just to, if you could break it down for us and show really who's who it's best fitted for. Mm-hmm. So e-residency is a status that is given to a private individual. So it's actually not given to a company, but it's a status that's given to a non-resident of Estonia that issues them a digital ID. So, so in the eyes of our public sector, in the eyes of our government, they are identified from distance with the help of this digital ID. And it's very, very secure. Um, it's equal to a real signature in Estonia. So anything that you do and you, you sign with this card, it's, it's, there's no way out of this. This is legally binding. It's, it's the highest level of uh, security. And so once a uh, private individual is an e-resident, then they are able to use all of our public services. Um, so let's say you want to start a business um, and you're an e-resident, then you can do it. But if you have a co-founder, um, then for, for them to be a shareholder as well and to be part of that company registration process, they would individually need to be an e-resident as well. And yes, there are some misconceptions about e-residency very often, um, especially uh, when people from outside of the EU apply, they sometimes think that this is going to grant them um, either visa or residency permit or or the you know the possibility to work here legally or or whatever else, but it really doesn't. It's it's basically just a, a status of somebody who is in their own country. <laughs> it does not uh, in any way reflect in your real residency. So so you basically are just identified here on um, very secure level. So why exactly would you want to do that, especially uh, for people coming from outside the EU, for example? What are the real benefits to that? And, and you know, w- what would make someone a good fit for this program? So we see, we see largely like two, two big groups uh, who are applying for e-residency. There are people who are from um, very old and established economies where doing something like Estonia did in the early 90s to, to make all your... Um, people use this ID card is very hard. So to take your country to this like digitalized uh, um, society level, it's it's something that 
that it's just really hard to actually execute. And so they are used to running their businesses in this kind of a bureaucratic situation. And they, and they see that some countries are doing it better. They see how it could be more transparent and quicker and less uh, going to places, standing in lines, you know, whatever. So, so we see a lot of those people coming from actually, um, old European countries. I would, I would just make a, make a general sort of, uh, uh, name for it and they like the low bureaucracy level um, they like the ease of being able to just use these very online based SaaS based accounting services and just like uh, being anywhere um, I was just recently talking to somebody from originally from Spain and uh, they were in the resident they they said you know one time I was in a hammock somewhere on my honeymoon and the Estonian tax office told me that my company's tax report needs to be submitted. So he was right there in his hammock and did it through his uh, smartphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so being able to do that, that's, 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 you know, one side of it. Um, and the second side is when you are from, not from within the EU single market area, then there are many reasons why you want to have a base here, why you want to be established here. Like, and these reasons vary from sector to sector. Let's say you are a startup founder and you want to raise international capital. You want to you wanna go to like European VCs and you are from a country um, that legislation or, or, or jurisdiction is not so trusted or, or it's not so straightforward for the investors. So they're going to anyway tell you that you need to be based somewhere or you need to be at least like incorporated somewhere where it's more trustworthy. And that was the reason why, um, let's say 15 years ago, Estonian startups had to go and incorporate in Delaware because mm. that was... You know, you, you right. have to be accepted in that uh, investor uh, scene uh, with your jurisdiction. So we have a lot of that. And then we have a lot of, uh, let's say, just like market taxes. Um, UK entrepreneurs are in a strange situation right now. They're, um, let's say, they're importing and exporting um, with their UK company. But part of the goods are actually made in EU. And then they have to, like, their, their UK company has to, like, sell it both to the UK and EU. And the, the goods have to cross border several times. And there's taxing each time. So you might want to restructure somehow so that your businesses are, like, in two places because you want to have access to the EU single market. Um, and also um, e-commerce is seeing a big rise right now, uh, obviously from the kind of like the Asian side um, because of the VAT rules. And so there's many different reasons, but essentially having um, either having a more trusted jurisdiction where you're in, a lot of countries are is experiencing this kind of a, a political um, uncertainty, let's just say that way, or they just uh, want to have a more um, quicker, uh, less red tape kind of business environment. Yeah, no, I think those are all good reasons. And I know with the event that uh, we went to there at Web Summit, that there were a number of entrepreneurs talking about how e-residency had changed their business, had changed their lives. And uh, of course, they shared their stories. But I was curious, from your perspective, given that you work with so many companies out there, you've seen so many different scenarios and situations, what are some of the more interesting companies that have uh, you know, been founded or, or been taken to the next level through the e-residency program? Can you give us some examples? Um, yeah, like one you one you heard at Web Summit, and that was these uh, Spanish guys who basically gave up uh, a permanent living sp space or pet place, you know, and they just started really being digital nomads full time, thanks to the fact that they could run their business from anywhere. Um, and later, they even founded a, an accounting uh, software that actually is serving e-residency. It's based on Estonian e-residency. 
But I recently met a, a German fellow who, um, whose father was a gardener his whole life. They developed uh, this product that is basically like, it looks like a bag, but it's a tree watering uh, device. And they produce them in China. He likes to live in Bali himself. Um, and those, uh, those tree watering uh, products, they are sold uh, in Europe, mainly in Germany, even to public sector, for example. And just like the, the ease of running his business, you know, through different jurisdictions under the Estonian companies is what he enjoys. And, and then um, I always uh, really um, um, feel kind of like emotional when I think about this one example that was in my sector years ago, um, it was a Turkish girl who was running a, a tourism business. And uh, um, I, I guess Turkey's currency is not doing really well right now either, but it was a not, like it was a previous kind of crisis that they had. And he had trouble receiving money from his customers because um, she couldn't use PayPal and like the, the tourism wasn't, wasn't coming actually to Turkey. And then she founded an Estonian company and started expanding her business to like European cities and she it actually like saved her business in a way because like she couldn't really do what she was doing in turkey and and she ended up being an international tourism uh, entrepreneur which was a really inspiring story um and we have some ngo founders um we have people who uh have brought their singaporean um pr company um to europe as well with the help of e-residency because uh it's just uh, the easiest way to access the european market yeah, those are a lot of great examples for why people should uh, join this e-residency program. And I'm curious about what the steps are to actually get involved in that. It sounds like you were able to open a new business very quickly, but I suppose the process might be a bit different for folks that are not Estonian. So what does that look like for us? Yeah, so we, we, if we can just log on, because we already have that card for everything that we do inside the country, then the, the, the e-residents, they first have to uh, go to the PPA, which is our police and border guard, um, uh, their uh, website, and actually apply for this card so that they would have this as the, as the login. Um, the application is reviewed, uh, and since it is a government-issued ID uh, and you know has to be really, really... Um, secure then the background is checked and and we basically take a little while to uh, approve the application um it's on average let's say two three weeks um at the moment that the, the police and border guard can uh, approve the application and then uh we're going to send this card to the pickup location that is nearest to you and we have over 50 pickup locations around the world uh mostly in estonian embassies uh, so Europe is covered quite well. We have some in the US. Um, so, so you can pick up your cards from what is closest to you. And last spring, we also opened four quite um, far away places that were very new. Uh, and these are not our embassies, but they are an external service provider that we use, a visa agency, which are in uh, Singapore, Bangkok, uh, South Africa, in Johannesburg, and uh, also in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. So four four places where our embassies don't have presence, or actually Singapore does, but um, we are able to also issue cards there. So this car card is sent to the embassy, and the embassy notifies you that it's that it's there, and you have to show up there in person to uh, give fingerprints because it is a government issued ID. So it's nothing to be like worried about or scared about but uh, it's kind of like when you get your own passport uh, you pick up a new passport in your own country and then when you have it then the card uh, will be activated um, within 24 hours and uh, then you have to download uh, the signing software 
uh, or some plugins or extensions to your browser that you're actually able to do it. And then um, you are uh, able to start the company registration process. And uh, what uh, one of the uh, differences between uh, local citizens or residents and the non-residents is that uh, if the company is managed from abroad, then we uh, require one compulsory service uh, to be used by those people. And that is called contact person. And uh, because the um, Estonian government will want to contact you in certain occasions and the service can only be provided by licensed uh, accounting or corporate service providers here in the country. And uh, the address of that company will also become the legal address of your of your company in Estonia. Then, So basically, you have to choose somebody that you're going to work with. Uh, to provide you with this contact person service. And uh, and these are private companies. We have uh, gathered a range of them that we work with and we can know, we, we kind of know their background and we're able to say that they will not spread false information or, you know, like we are, we're able to say that we have vetted them. Um, and uh, you can choose them on our website on the under the marketplace section. So marketplace is what we call like all these services that e-residents can use here inside Estonia that will help them. It also includes the, the fintechs that we work with, where you can open your business bank account. It also includes some of the Estonian banks that serve e-residents if your business is connected to Estonia more. Um, and also some other uh, nice cooperation things that we've set up, like, for example, um, AWS, Amazon Web Services, uh, Activate program that uh, e-resident companies can apply for. And, and so there's many, many things that we've gathered there. But basically, the, the first step is then to decide who you're going to work with, uh, who's going to be your service provider here in Estonia. The service uh, is not very expensive. It's, uh, it's around 200 euros a year, let's say, to, to have this contact person. And uh, of course, you can choose to use the same company for your accounting, for example. Uh, and then you can do it yourself on the Estonian business uh, registry site, uh, which is accessible with the e-residency card. Or you can go to one of these service providers who have built an API-based connection to our business registry. Um, so if you've chosen one like that, that it's actually, you don't actually have to go like, uh, kind of like find out like where this like business registry is located. You can just do it through your service provider and, uh, it works the same way. Um, and you sign it digitally and, uh, the company is usually, uh, established, uh, let's say in one to three business days is the official, uh, term that we have to uh, give you. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a couple more steps, but still very uh, doable, still very, um, you know, let's say relatively easy given most of the, the, as you say, most of the more traditional bureaucracies, especially here in Europe, um, but certainly in countries around the world. So. A lot of value there uh, for anyone who's interested in doing so. But do you have any thoughts as to what some of the maybe other benefits are or any potential challenges or things to watch out for as people are considering this program um, and going forward with it in terms of getting that digital ID as well as potentially opening a company there in Estonia? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the benefits uh, are definitely the fact that you are um, opening so many more doors for you. Uh, if you're from outside of the EU, for example, because uh, it's helping you to um, raise investments, it's helping you to uh, access more partners or customers, uh, especially like with your, if you're selling services to, let's say, big corporate customers, then obviously a company registered within the EU uh, is more legit, is more, more, more respected. Um, 
it's uh, a chance for you to also apply for and get a lot of the EU grants and uh, other um, support systems that are available for entrepreneurs. Um, so so it's, it's basically opening a lot of doors for you, right? And on a personal level, I think the, the main thing is the, the convenience of it, that uh, you, you can plan your life how you want to plan your life because this is what I enjoyed a lot when I was an entrepreneur that uh, every winter when it was the low season in tourism I could spend a few months in um, a nicer warmer place like for example in Southeast Asia and when I had to I don't know check uh, whether my tax reports were uh, submitted or or do anything that I had to do um, I could do that online and and uh, even even my co-founder and I we were sometimes working like uh, uh, several time zones apart from each other so that when he woke up like you know I had sent him a lot of stuff like to to work on or whatever and like when, when I woke up the next morning then it was kind of like kind of like uh, table tennis, you know, so, right. so you're just really flexible in terms of your personal choices. And, uh, and uh, you don't have to, I remember the last time I went to an Estonian uh, institution for anything that had to do with my business was in 2007. When I think then to get a VAT number, you had to actually go physically to the tax office. But like since then, I have <laughs> registered several companies, and I have never had to go anywhere. So, so that's that's the benefit, right? So you you could you could make your life choices how you want to make your life choices. You don't you're not restricted to one country because you know that oh, like I, I will have to go to the city office or I will have to go to uh, some place to to get something signed or go to the bank or. So about the challenges or or uh, or uh, how to th- how to say things that to, to consider is that the e-residency and uh, having a company in a different country um, is definitely not for somebody whose business is very locally uh, based. Like uh, let's say you're running a, a small bakery in in a, in a country and your customers are you know the, the local people from the neighborhood, then the e-residency is definitely not for you. It's it's for someone that's aiming for uh, international uh, reach. Um, it's also not a way to avoid taxes um, because the international taxation, it depends on where uh, the company really has substance or where the value is created, where um, where you, you are managing the company from. So there's always a danger that your home country is actually uh, wanting part of those taxes as well. So you have to be quite uh, uh, clear about uh, what you're actually getting into. Um you know, there there are jurisdictions where people go to hide their incomes or mm. their revenues. Uh, Estonia is definitely not one of those because mm. anything that you will do will have a digital footprint. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that uh, I always like to tell people. And even though Estonian tax uh, system is very beneficial for entrepreneurs, if you are looking to really build a base here and you can take full advantage of it, then then great for you because then I definitely recommend it. You should, and you should try to come and build a base here if it's a, if it's a bigger company. Um, but if you are really um, just a one-man company, you have to kind of understand your liabilities in the mm-hmm. country where you live as well. Um, and it uh, sometimes means that uh, um, you, you pay in your home country, but Estonia has double tax avoidance agreements with, with, with many mm-hmm. countries in the world. So, so you should not be paying uh, uh, tax on the same thing twice in two countries. Yeah, that's a great point and definitely worth people looking into more deeply before just going crazy and uh, opening up a company tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And I think it's it's an important point to talk about. 
So to that uh, extent, I mean, it's really interesting that the Estonian government has embraced this as sort of a pioneer on this level. And I'm curious from your perspective, are you seeing like what sort of changes are you seeing in the market more broadly? Do you see any other countries trying to take on this type of activity or this type of problem uh, or doing it maybe in a different fashion doesn't have to be done in the same way? But what's what's your do you have any big picture thoughts on where the world's headed in, in terms of becoming more digital, more remote, more open, more free and so forth? Well, definitely Estonia was the first, but we are we, we are not the only anymore, right? So so I think one good thing that happened to the world uh, during COVID was that the governments had to start uh, uh, making their services more accessible um, digitally and, and in online um, format. So that was, I think, one good thing that ha- came from that, that finally now, you know, it's, it's starting to be possible in many other places as well. And obviously countries are always competing because we're competing for the tax money, right? We're competing where, where the most entrepreneurs set up and, and the ones that really do grow big, like, you know, where are they located, right? So, so everybody's keeping their eyes out for this kind of a smart economy, um, potential future unicorns or, or whoever. Who, so countries are really competing hard. And um, there are different initiatives around the world uh, based on what the, what the country is trying to promote, uh, some countries are trying to get people to move there, to live there. So they are uh, figuring out schemes or, or offers or, or, or different kinds of, um, how to say, pr- pr- promotions for the country that would make you actually physically move there. And, and then some countries are, uh, like Estonia, are saying, like, we don't care if you come here. Like, you, you don't ever have to come here, right? But your business could still be in Estonia because it's, you, you can access it from anywhere. So the, there's many different initiatives. I know Ukraine is uh, uh, has introduced uh, uh, e-residency as well, but with a kind of a different goal because they are a hot house for um, IT subcontracting. So they are actually using e-residency to bring more workforce from uh, countries that may have a lot of people, but not necessarily uh, nice salaries. So they're using this also to to bring more developers from um, developing countries, for example. And, and so there's all kinds of different initiatives that are going on in the world. And, and I think uh, it's a good thing because uh, although, yes, we do fear competition, but it's, I think it's a good thing for everyone, right? So, so governments around the world are, are trying to somehow improve their uh, services. One other area that I wanted to ask about just in terms of picking your brain a little bit is, of course, uh, you have much experience traveling the world, being a location independent entrepreneur. You also built these tourism focused businesses. And so where do you kind of see things going from here? Uh, Obviously, regulations and rules are changing on practically a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So it's really hard to to say exactly where it's all going to shake out. But do you foresee you know tourism and travel and and everything else coming back in the near future you you think it'll be a little slower uh recovery even yet well it's it's an interesting question right like people have been uh, trying to predict the future for two last (laughs) years right (laughs) (laughs) but what's what's uh, what has happened at least from what i see it is like you know when when the COVID first hit in uh, March 2020 in most of Europe, then then people were saying that travel will never be the same. Like people will not travel like they used to, and but people still want to travel like they used to, which is the funny part. Every every I, everybody I know at least is just like they're craving to go somewhere, to see something, to experience something different. But you have to figure out like how you can do it um, so that you don't go to the most crowded. Um, 
touristy places and you are at most risk with, with, you know, both the pandemic and also like, you know, other things. So I think what has happened is that people are actually doing more, more of these like uh, workations where they go to a place and they, and they stay for a while. Um, and, and this is what I've done. I, I have traveled with my three children. Uh, we last spring, uh, when Estonia went into the second lockdown, we drove all the way from Estonia to Montenegro and we lived there for uh, one and a half months. Um, we worked from there. Uh, it was only one hour difference with Estonia. So totally, totally fine. And uh, because also big corporations are, are more and more, you know, allowing their employees to, to not be in the same country all the time, not be in the same office all the time. So, so people are able to do this and they're able to go to a place. And this year we're thinking of doing the exact same thing in, in April and May. Um, and uh, guess what? My friends' families are, are wanting to join me because they, you know, everybody wants to get out, you know, everybody wants to go and, and discover and see. So, and I have not actually uh, given up on traveling even Last year, I think I was abroad five times altogether. So, so I, you know, that's great. <laughs> if you can manage it, that's great. If you can manage all the testing and all the extra stuff that comes with it, <laughs> it's still worth doing. Hopefully, it'll be a little more easy and seamless. And as you said, if you can, you know, take a car or something like that and go to a nearby country, or obviously even the same country, at least. And you're ca able to ca do car travel but, is what's yeah. what's become really more like more popular, I think, as well, because uh, obviously, like in the states as well, like between the states, people have you know really like stuck to their own kind of nearby national parks and gone more like. Um, local uh, in terms of travel and it's the same in europe because if you um if you travel by land there there's still no border checks really in, uh, within the eu so right yeah that sounds like a good strategy so in closing i'd love just to get any thoughts from your side um otherwise about of course the residency program but also about becoming an independent lo uh, location independent entrepreneur and uh, for people that are thinking about doing that whether through the estonian uh, e-residency program or otherwise would just love to you know just get any final thoughts or words of advice or encouragement for our audience <laughs> well, it's, I think, I think one of the things to ask for yourself is that even if today, let's say, uh, you are working for a big corporation and, and, you know, what you're doing is quite, how to say, restricted, like you have to, you have to do things in a certain way and you, and you don't have this very flexible lifestyle is to, is to look with open eyes and heart, like, what am I good at? And, and how could I make my, um, talent or my, or my passion into something that other people or companies will want to pay for and uh, and that's uh, that's i think what's gonna enable or empower so much of that uh, location independence is if you if you if you discover something like that about yourself that you know what what is it that i'm really good at and what can i actually sell uh, <laughs> and uh, and this is this is gonna this is gonna enable everything else because uh you know, nobody needs uh, you to register a company for registering a company, but you actually have to do something that will right. other, cha change somebody's life or, or yeah. uh, make a company's <laughs> process better or, or whatever it is. Right. So, yeah, it's not just about build. It's not just about uh, creating the corporate entity. It's about making a little revenue. Right. So <laughs> I think that makes sense. And, I mean, and all, all the entrepreneurs I personally know, even if they are doing something that you listen to and you're like, it's, it's, it's so boring. <laughs> they are absolutely convinced that this is the most amazing thing after sliced bread. And, and yeah. it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the passion that drives entrepreneurs. And this is what I, this is what I love about this job too, is that we get to see a lot of those people. 
Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, that's kind of how I thought in short about Expat Empire as a concept was just moving to these different countries. I was working as a product manager. I was never really getting too much into the like loving the product itself, which is a bit hard to say as a as an XPM, but at the same time, I just looked a big picture eventually and I was like, well, what is the common thread here? And it's like my love of being abroad, my love of going to these different countries and traveling and, you know, really trying to then think about how I could help other people to have those same experiences. And that's where it's kind of born. And it wasn't that I was a product manager. It was like the bigger connecting, you know, thread across all of those experiences was this like trying to find the job in the next country and where did I want to move to next or where was my next vacation or travel. So, um, yeah, I think, as you said, that's a really good way to kind of sum it up in terms of how people can start that whole process and do a little soul searching and figuring out ultimately their first customers, their first products and services and going from there. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining uh, uh, the podcast today. It's been a pleasure hearing about your experience as an uh, entrepreneur all over the world and also about the e-residency program. So if there's anywhere that people can find out more information about the program or, of course, to connect with you, uh, please let us know. Yeah, I, th I think the easiest is that if you if you look, if you're really like wanting to uh, know more, then uh, you should go to eresident.gov.ee or just Google Estonian e-residency. Um, you are able to join one of our monthly Q&As. You're able to watch some uh, tutorial videos or read some how-to articles on our website. Um, but I'm also comfortable with people reaching out to me on LinkedIn um, because uh, I've been in the last couple of months uh, realizing that uh, uh, people who are, you know, really thinking about relocating their business to Estonia, they, they have some very specific questions. So, so I can, I'm happy to just like hop on a call and answer these very specific questions as, 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 as well as I can, or at least uh, direct you to the right place, you know, like who could help you or where you could look for the answer. So, so if you, if you look me up on LinkedIn, I'll be happy to uh, connect. Perfect. Well, I'll definitely put all those links in our show notes. Thanks again for the conversation and look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks for inviting. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute and give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps new listeners find us and lets us know that we are putting out content that you appreciate. You can quickly find out where and how to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash expatempire. If you know anyone who would appreciate this podcast, please tell them about it so we can continue growing the global expat empire community. Keep up to date on new expat empire podcast episodes by pressing the subscribe button in the podcasting app of your choice. You can also visit expatempire.com and sign up for our newsletter to get our free ebook, Top 10 Tips for Moving Abroad, right now. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at Expat Empire, so be sure to follow us there. We are currently offering free consulting calls to discuss your moving plans and how Expat Empire can help you to achieve them. Please visit our website to schedule your call today. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode in the coming weeks.